Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Ernest Dempsey, a fiction writer who publishes his books through Kindle. Welcome. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Thanks for being here, Ernest. How did you get into fiction writing? <laughs> Um, I, I guess I started back when I was um, when I was in high school. I used to have ideas for fiction fiction stories back when I was ninth and tenth grade, and um, kind of let it kind of let it die for a while when I was in college. And I toured with a rock band for a while, so most of my writing was poetry and lyrics. And, uh, so, so what happened when you let it when you let it die? Uh, was there a reason for that specifically, or did anything happen? Yeah, I just felt like I wasn't any good, and uh, and I was I was the typical starter but not finisher. So like you know how there's people who have entrepreneurial ideas or they have book ideas and they start them and they're great ideas but they never finish them. That was me. So how far would you get? Did you get as long as writing some short stories or did you get as far as just writing a few pages or uh, how far did you get? Oh, uh, just a, just, you know, like maybe a chapter or two, like I, I probably at most like two or three chapters. And I don't know, that would be I would just I would feel like either it wasn't good enough or it was just stupid. I'd start hating the idea or it was just too much of a grind. I don't know if it was like all three of those things. but Okay. Okay. And then so you uh, played in bands, you said? And, <laughs> yeah. And then when 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 did you pick it up again? Um after uh, after I started working as a high school guidance counselor, a couple years after that, I um I went on a picnic with my cousins and um and my girlfriend at the time and we uh, we found this really amazing place that's uh that I've been to since I was a kid but I never thought much of it until that day and this was like 2006, 2007. And um, there was there's this really cool old wall there, and no one knew why the wall was there. And it's a it's a historical place in Georgia, and it gave me it kind of sparked the idea for my first fiction novel, The Secret of the Stones. And um, and at that that day, I decided, you know what, I'm just, this idea is too good. I'm just going to have to write it. And and The Secret of the Stones was it says re-released in December of 2012. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? And was that your first published book? Yeah, it was my first published book. It got rejected by uh, 14 agents. I never even got any rejection letters from publishers because I was getting rejected by all the agents. So I um, I decided to self-publish. I went through a self-publishing service, spent a bunch of money, sold 50 copies in that year, and it was a total bust, and um, so it, it it was just real. It was kind of like just affirming that I I wasn't good enough as a writer. And then um, I, one of the teachers that I work with told me, or she asked me when I was going to write the sequel, and I I was wondering what she was talking about. And she um, she said, "I've read your first book, Secret of the Stones, twice, and I'm waiting for the sequel." So between that and a bunch of encouragement from uh, my my former high, uh, high school teachers and, and English professors that just all kind of at the same time told me that I really needed to pursue writing um, because I, they thought I was good at it when I was in high school and college. That, the lady that I work with, 
pushed me to write the sequel, and I re-edited and re-released Secret of the Stones in December of 2012. Along, and I re- I released the sequel of it, The Cleric's Vault, and a short story called The Lost Canvas all together in December of 2012. And so that's why it says re-released on it. Or yeah. So and and so you mentioned self-publishing, and you said that you spent a lot of money. Did you spend like a th- couple of thousand dollars or something like that? Yeah, it's crazy. The first time around, I didn't know anything about it, and I guess that was in like 2009, 2010, and I didn't really know much about publishing or self-publishing, and um, and I didn't know anything about Kindle format or any of that stuff. So I went through a publishing service and or self-publishing service and. I spent a couple thousand bucks and ended up way in the hole for that project. And um, the second time around, after all that encouragement, I said, okay, I'll do it again. But this time I'm going to see if I can do it for free. And I'm going to see if I can look at it from more of a marketing standpoint rather than a just a, you know, an artist standpoint. And so that's mm-hmm. what led to the success of the of the you know all the books so far. Yeah, and you mentioned that the first time you did the self-publishing was a total bust. If you could go back now and and speak to yourself back then, <laughs> could you have saved it? I mean, could you saved it? I mean, what is it what is it that made it a bust? Was it the lack of marketing or is just uh can you can you get in that a little bit? Yeah, it was the Primarily, it was the total lack of a marketing plan, and so my marketing plan was, I'm going to write this book, I have 700 friends on Facebook, and I didn't, I really wasn't writing it to try to make it like a bestseller or anything like that, I just thought I'll sell it to most of the people um, that I'm friends with or whatever, because I, seriously I thought this I was like I've gone to their concerts and to their kids things and I've supported friends when they needed stuff and um I thought okay this is the time where everybody's going to kind of like it's all going to come back around and um the problem there were several problems but that's that's one your friends especially your Facebook friends are not your customers so that was a, a misguided thought process right there and then not having a solid marketing plan to begin with was just a huge problem. And so, you know, it's so funny that you say that because I believe you. I believe, I believe you that, you know, those are, those are not. But everybody and their brother is talking about build a Facebook community, yeah. build a big group of, and then you you tell me, and you know what? I tend to believe you more than, you know, it's not like I'm against building communities. Yeah, but. You know, it's just food for thought, I think, for a lot of people that uh, you, to believe that if you have a thousand people or however many people on Facebook or anywhere in social media, then it's it's your home free. Yeah, it's not like that. And, and I'll say this. Fa- Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus are all necessary parts of the machine. But when when I talk about Facebook, like my first mistakes with it, it was my Facebook profile the people that are trying to incorporate it with their businesses, we're talking about Facebook pages, and I do I do try to stay active on that, and, and I'm, I am actively trying to build a community on that because 
it's a separate audience from Twitter, from your mailing list, from Google Plus community. It's it's a different group of fans typically. There is some overlap, but for the most part, they are a different they're they're coming from a different place. And in in that regard, the Facebook page, the fan page type thing, I think is a viable thing to use um to help drive their their leads, the people that are on there are um are are essentially leads. They're not buying customers per se. They might just want to, you know, read your blog or whatever, but they're also potential buyers. And um and you need to gather as many potential buyers as you can because uh and, and as many places as you can and that's what will that's what will inevitably drive sales. Talking about buyers, um can you share how many books you have sold so far? Yeah, um as of the end of March, I'd sold twelve thousand in the last fifteen months. Wow. So And and how do you feel about it? I mean, <laughs> to me that's a big number, but you're the one that's been writing for years and, and sweating and, and you know trying to make it as as an artist. How how do you feel with that number? Well, when I, every single time I say that, it's kind of mind blowing because um, you know there's people all over all over the world and primarily in the United States is where my fan base is mostly located. But there are people right you know like right now sitting on a bus or a train or in their living room that I've never met and they're looking they're flipping through my book and reading it and. That's crazy, and there have been over twelve thousand people that have done that. That have like, <laughs> that or maybe not twelve thousand, but you know, there I've sold twelve thousand. So there's thousands and thousands of people that have have bought and and read my books that I've never met, and that is really wild. And it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, to me, it's an impressive number, but. Uh, and I, I don't see why anybody wouldn't be impressed with, with, with that number. Now, in terms of business, we always want, you know, they say that if you have a business where there is repeat business and recurring revenue, that's a more solid business that has mostly onesie type of sales. Yep. Now, in your, in your field, because, I mean, I'm, I look at it as a business in a way, even, even though it's art, um, how much of of it can be repeat business? How, how much of a following can you build over over the year? Well, you're you're right. It definitely actually it, it is a business. I mean, if it wasn't a business, then you know, publishing houses wouldn't be doing it. And um, and and um, it's a, it's a lot like the record industry, you know, the music industry. And, you know, people want to artists, musical artists, want to just believe that it's an art form. But it's not. It's a you have to if you want to make a living doing your art, you have to treat it like a business. And that's that's absolutely crucial. As far as your question for repeat business, I be, I believe in that fully too, because the the best businesses are the ones that can charge like monthly recurring fees or yearly recurring fees. So um, it, for some great examples of that, you don't have to look very far. J.K. Rowling, who wrote the Harry Potter books, um, more recently Amanda Hawking, who was an independent author. Everybody knows Amanda Hawking. She um, has 
you know, been on all over New York Times bestseller list. Uh, very recently, Hugh Howie with his Wool series. He was a self-published author. Um, the key, the biggest key to success is serializing. So um, that's that's author's answer. Um, that's our answer to how to do the recurring fees. Now, our recurring fees are small. I, mean, I only charge two or three, sometimes four dollars for a book. And so my commissions on that are only two or three bucks. But um, they they fortunately have um, kind of a they, they kind of market themselves on Amazon, so to speak. And the more books that you have, the more findable you are in Amazon's store. So if you walk into, uh, I'm getting off track of your question now, but you know, if you walk into a bookstore and you imagine like with Amazon, you can walk into a science fiction only bookstore and there are 10,000 books there. If you've got one book, they have a one in 10,000 chance of finding you. But if you have five books, you've increased your odds of being found exponentially. And if they buy one, they're probably going to buy the other. And that's what I've seen happen with my books. Um, my trilogy has done really well, um, my action-adventure trilogy. And soon I'm going to be releasing the sequel to my sci-fi series. So um, I'll be interested to see how that does um, as far as driving sales of the first book. Because the more books you have, it seems like the more it drives sales of, of, each, of all the books. So um, does serializing change the way you write or the way you think about your stories? No, because I, I create stories that are very easy. They're very flexible. So I leave, I leave things open enough to be able to continue on forever and ever if I need to. Um, one of my, one of my heroes is Clive Cussler. And he's one of the reasons that I started writing. And it's funny because people say, well, well, Clive Cussler's really predictable. And he's he doesn't, you know, kill off enough of the lovable characters because people say, you know, you have to kill your darlings. And um, and they say it's kind of hokey and all that. But I I love it. And I love Clive Cussler because he keeps enough of the characters alive that he wrote, you know, like 40 Dirk Pitt novels or something crazy like that. And that's just the Dirk Pitt series. He's got a ton of other series going. And so, yeah, I try to leave enough of my, excuse me, enough of my stories open. Um, and it kind of just happens naturally because I like writing them and I want to keep them going. And, and my readers love them. So um, if I if I killed off a lovable character... And, uh, and and closed off the ability to keep going with the series, I'd probably lose readers. <laughs> doing <laughs> yeah. Um, you have uh, published several books on Kindle, which means that you you managed to start and finish books multiple times, which <laughs> is is a is a feat in itself. How do you stay focused, and what routines do you have? Make sure that you actually finish your books. Is there a number of words per day, or chapters or what's your what's your routine yeah so when i'm um I, I work a day job as a high school guidance counselor so during school year i have to wake up a little early and get some writing done in the morning i write during my lunch break for uh 30 to 45 minutes and then i write for about an hour when i get home 
And typically what I do is I, I do have word count goals that I try to hit of um, I, I, I try to hit 3,000 words a day, but um, very often it ends up less than that just because of time. But the, um, the, but the thing that helps me write faster is setting a timer. So I set a timer for about 20 minutes. And I'll, I'll just go fast, just as fast as I can for those 20 minutes. When the timer goes off, I set it again. I take a break for about two or three minutes, and then I go after the next 20 minutes. And by doing it that way, I've been able to write um, at sometimes between 1,500 and 2,200 words per hour, just depending on how how laid out the story is in front of me. Um, that's that's really important too is having like a lot of people do an outline I do an outline and then I do uh, story beats and um, I heard about story beats from the self-publishing podcast guys and uh, I really love the idea you you kind of just write out the general script of each scene and when you've done that you look at that while you're writing and it just makes the writing so much faster and so that's what I do. And then during the summertime or like on a, on spring break or, you know, different vacations, I can put in more hours. I can put in, you know, four to six hours a day and basically triple my output. So, okay. And how do you keep motivated uh, or, or, and, and how do you deal with doubts about your own writing and your life as a writer? Well, I, deal with the doubts by never looking at reviews. So I, <laughs> I see that I see some reviews on my, um, like new reviews pretty much every week on my, on some of my books. And I don't read them because I don't want to get too full of myself because I don't, you know, I don't ever want to think like, Hey, yeah, I am pretty good. <laughs> and at the same time, I don't, because I, because then I'll lose my edge. And then I also don't want to read negative reviews because I don't want to um, I don't want to get too down on myself either. And so to stay even keel, I I don't I don't really look at many of the critiques. The only critiques I really look at are from my editors and from my beta readers. So when I release a book, um, like for example, in about four weeks, I'm releasing the next um, sci-fi book, The Dream Rider Two. Um, in the next couple weeks, I'm going to be sending out free advanced copies to my beta readers and with requests for specific types of feedback, um, like what they liked, what they didn't like, where they stopped reading, where they didn't feel like reading anymore, different things like that. And, um, and so that's where I get my feedback from is from those people. And then, uh, you know, then after that, I don't, um, I don't really read reviews much after that. Um, I forgot what your previous part of that question was how do i stay motivated or yeah how do you keep motivated i mean we, you know <laughs> we talked about how much you know your goal of you know writing about three thousand words if you if you can yeah uh i mean is it always you know i don't want to say always because that's kind of a stupid thing to say but uh, how many days a year you still feel like wanting to write or, or how many days you have to kind of talk yourself into it? Yeah, yeah, I want I want <laughs> to write 3,000 words today. It's really hard every single day. Um, people who say that they love writing are crazy because it's one of the biggest grinds of all. Like it's 
you sit there and you look at a blank page, especially when you start a new story. Um, you're excited about the idea. It feels great. You're really excited about where it's going to go. And then you get 2,000 words done and you realize, oh, man, I'm way, I'm so far from hitting 100,000 words or whatever, however long you think that story should be. And um, so it can be kind of depressing every day to wake up and see how far you are from being finished up until you're about 10,000 words from the end. And then then it's, you know, that you can see the finish line. Um so to to fight that, um, quite frankly, I just make myself sit down and do it. Like there's there's just no other there's no other way to do it. That's what keeps most people. You know, I've talked to lots of people who said, "Oh, I've got this book idea. I want to write a book, uh, but I just I don't have time or whatever." Yeah, they do have time. They just they won't put themselves in the seat and actually do the work. And that's what it is. It's it's really hard work. And that's why I said that I actually don't like writing. I like coming up with the story ideas, and I like finishing the ideas, and I like getting the ideas to the readers. But as far as the sitting down and doing it, it's really, really difficult. And it's so easy to try to distract yourself with anything but writing. And so you you really have to stay focused. And to stay focused, I just I just try to, like, you know, keep my eyes on the end product and um, getting it to my readers because I know that they want it and I know that they need good stories. So, and you know, I think I don't know. I think Hemingway said something about writing that it's such a lonely life. Yeah. Do you do you share that? Uh, do you feel because you know a lot of times you know we talk to CEOs of businesses or entrepreneurs. And they talk about this loneliness that a lot of times they just feel like they don't have anyone to turn to and they're on their own. Yeah. Do you get that? No, because I have, um, I have, you know, my girlfriend always listens to um, my talking about ideas and things. And um, she's really good about that and very supportive. And I have a lot of friends that, that push me and, and ask about what's going on. And I have, I have, an amazing set of readers that follow me and, and, um, you know, support what I'm doing. And, and so, and then there's also, you know, the writing community is really, it's really good. I, I don't get too involved with a whole bunch of different writers, but there is a small group of people that I reach out to and ask questions to sometimes. And so, yeah, thanks to the internet and technology and all that, it's, it's not lonely anymore. I mean, it doesn't have to be. If you want it to be, it can be. But when Hemingway did it, it was a it was a different time, and different. It was a different world that he lived in. So uh, mm -hmm. I could see why he thought that. But yeah. Now, in in one regard, I will say this: it's better. I I write better when I'm left alone, and I can get a lot more done. But it's not. You know, it's. That's just a, a matter of just being able to stay focused on what you're doing. That's all that is. So you mentioned that in terms of reviews, you don't really pay attention to either positive or negative. But mm -hmm. do you pay any attention to your readers' feedback? Uh, and if you do or if you don't, I mean, just can can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I definitely pay attention to my readers' feedback. They. They are the ones that will take the time to actually email me. 
Um, I do. I if if somebody um, if one of my readers who's somebody that I I've known you know for a while reads my reads a new thing and leaves a review, I might look at that review. Um, but typically, I don't. I don't want to. I just don't want to. You know, get in there and get caught up in the hooray or the woe is me of looking at, at reviews. And so, uh, I do. Well, the, the irony is, at the end of every book, the first thing I ask for is a review of my book on Amazon. And um, and so I I hope that you know any of my readers who might hear this don't say, well, hey, you asked me for a review and then you're not going to read it. Well, um, if they tell me to go re- read it, I will. But I um, typically those people that have really constructive feedback are the one they'll email me and say, hey, you know, I noticed in this part of the book that, um, you know, you did this and I was wondering why. Or a lot of people have emailed me asking about character development because I'm very thin on character development, uh, especially in the first book. And uh, I, I'd like to get into the action and into the dialogue. And so um, they asked me about some things like that. They even gave me some suggestions on how to quickly do character development. And so I've tried to work on that. But, yeah, I listen to feedback for sure, because if you don't, you're not going to become better as a writer. Okay. Um, I read with interest that networking is part of your process. Mm-hmm. You know, I associate networking with business, and I, I know we do agree that, you know, even if, if it's fiction, you know, it is it is a business. But I, I haven't thought of it that way, that uh, that networking does help you. How do you network, and how does it help you? Well, <laughs> networking, the, the main way that I do networking, sorry, the doorbell just rang here. It's okay. If we need to pause it, let me know. We um, can do that. I can edit it out. <laughs> it's okay. I actually don't know if it's <laughs> here. So, um, yeah, I... Uh, uh, sorry, my girlfriend. Now, yeah, we're just talking about networking and, yeah. and the impact it has on your writing career. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, so <laughs> the the biggest way that I do, that I network actually is just trying to be helpful uh, with people. So that can happen online or offline. It's um, it's you know like when I go to uh, trying to be helpful with whom? Anyone. So um, if I'm if I'm going out to a restaurant or something to meet up with some people and they bring a friend along and I start talking with the friend, I want to listen to what's going on in that person's life. Um, whether it's a friend or a new person that I've met, I want to try to help them in any way I can because helping people is the best way to get to, you know, to know other people and for them to get to know you. Um, it, it really just depends on the person. If it's a person who's having trouble getting traffic to their website or maybe they're having trouble getting noticed, I might give them some I might give them some ideas of how to get more, you know, likes on their Facebook page or how many or how to get more people noticing their business or um if it's an author, I you know, show them the steps of how to publish their own book or it could be that somebody's looking for help in their personal life with some advice or something like that, which I have, I, I happen to be an expert in that because I'm a counselor. So there's a lot of different ways I can help people. Um, 
just you know by just by giving them some information um one person that i was talking to was in a band and they hadn't sold a lot of albums and so i gave them some advice on how to sell more albums which you know essentially in early on is that you give away more albums and um so there's just there's lots of ways to help people and you can do that online or offline if you want to do it online and really leverage your time you can get out and uh, get onto a website like Quora or some other places and um, get on forums and answer questions for people. If you're an, if you find yourself being asked questions about things uh, frequently, that means that you know something that people need to know. So just go out online and find people asking those questions about stuff you know, and that's a great way to network. And it's it's a very one by one uh, way of doing things, but that's how you should build your readership is one reader at a time. Good, good. Um, what would you say are realistic goals for somebody that's trying to sell their books, whether it's fiction or nonfiction? Uh, do you look for numbers of books sold or a percentage increase over time? How do you, how do you how do you what kind of metrics are you are you using if any well the first you know to somebody starting out i tell people this all the time whether they're starting out in business or like a you know a traditional business or if they're starting out in in a writing business um like what i do uh don't ever i don't like setting sales goals um i like setting presentation goals so sales goals are something that's completely out of your control. You have you have no way to control how many things, you know, like books that you're going to sell because it's out of your hands. There's the people are either going to they're going to decide one way or the other. And so to set such a goal is kind of ridiculous, but you can set a goal of how many people see what you have to offer. So an example of that would be, you know, like I have my blog um, and I wouldn't set a sales goal for the month. I would set a goal of, you know, like maybe getting a thousand uh, visitors to, you know, unique visitors to my website or to my blog in the month. And of those thousand, um, you know, or maybe you want to go big, maybe you want to go 10,000 or whatever. Um you you drive that you do whatever you can to drive that traffic to get those thousand eyeballs or ten thousand eyeballs, and then it's a matter of conversions. Then it's just you know a typical convert business conversion would you know be what five to ten percent or whatever. So you know you you can drive yourself crazy thinking about sales numbers all day long, but if you're if you're creating good content, you're giving away great valuable content on your blog or your site and then you've got something that people can buy if you set good manageable um, presentation goals then you're you're going to be successful that's what I believe anyway and that's what I learned a couple of years ago I think I read that in a book or a blog or something like that about good presentation goals as far as the metrics are concerned um, Kindle's direct publishing system helps keep track of all the sales that you make and all the refunds that you get and all that stuff. And um, I just kind of watch that, um, you know, from week to week to see how things are doing. 
you'll notice some trends with certain months that certain months are good and certain months are bad. Um, but you know, typically it's, it's pretty steady. And the more books that you have, the obviously the more you sell. Um, and then the more that the interesting factor is that, um, Amazon's marketing engine really helps you out. So I've heard that, um, the tipping point for many series is five to six books per series. And I only have three out in one series right now and two out. Well, as of in a month from now, it'll be two out in another series. Um, so it'll be eight total products. Um, the more products you have in a series, the more they insist upon each other. So they start helping sell each other. But, um, yeah, that's how, those are the metrics that I watch is just kind of traffic numbers with Google Analytics. And then I, I watch my KDP dashboard to see how things are trending. So Good. Now, you, I believe I saw some affiliate links on your site. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And yeah. when did you start with that? Uh, and how, how is that working for you? How, much, how big of a... A big part of your of your business is, is uh, affiliate income. It's actually uh, extremely small right now because I'm not right now. I'm still in um, product creation mode, so I'm I'm leveraging more right now the power of my existing email list, building that up, and, and then I'm leveraging the power of Amazon's marketing engine more than anything else. And so um, I don't drive a ton of traffic to my website as as of right now because I'm so focused on creating more books. For example, this my goal for 2014 is to release seven new books. And so I've got um, one I released in January. I've got another one coming out. In four weeks, I'll have two more before July. And that puts me pretty close to on track um, as far as getting to where I want to be with my catalog. And then starting in January of 2015 is where I will shift gears a little bit and really start trying to ramp up the traffic because I'll feel like I have a good catalog to offer a lot of people that will sustain a lot of new readers for a while. while now, in terms of book promotion, do you have a, a a, a strategy for that, uh, like maybe going on shows or on blogs or related sites, or is it too early? You don't want to do it before the 2015 um, date. No, I definitely do because I feel like what I'm what I'm really trying to do is play the long play the long game. So I'm I'm really trying to plan for for the future and. Um, and so to to do that, I'm trying to build my list now. So I try to do some guest posts for some different blogs. Uh, I've kind of slowed down on that a little bit because I'm working so hard on the next books. But typically what I do is I'll, I'll write guest posts for some other blogs. Um, and then really the biggest thing I do is uh, my launch strategy. So my launch strategy is very specific. It's um, it's a four-day plan that I have to plan out about a month to six weeks in advance. And um, with the launch strategy that I use, I've been very fortunate to have very successful and big launches that get my books 
high into lists on Amazon and um, get get that valuable um, visibility. And so typically after that, once you've once you've done that, um, Amazon kind of takes care of the rest. But it's it's all about the launch, really, when it comes to um, you know when you release a new book. So. Now, what, are, are there any essential apps that you're using for your writing and for your business? <laughs> yes. Uh, I use, right now, I use Evernote to plan out, like, all the scenes for my books, all the chapters. Um, I do all my outlines on Evernote, and I make all my character notes and... Uh, I keep all the pictures of the places that I'm including in the books on Evernote. So I keep everything on that, and then I usually will pull that up on my iPhone or my iPad while I'm writing out the the actual draft, first draft. Uh, as far as other apps are concerned, that's pretty much it. I mean, I use, right now I use Microsoft Word. I'll probably be switching, or I plan on at least trying Scrivener here and um, for the next project, for the for the next project in my action adventure series. I'm I'm gonna try Scrivener out and see how that does, because uh, I've heard good things about it. But um, I've heard it makes formatting for um, you know Kindle and for paperback really simple. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, pretty much Evernote is like the most valuable app that I use. Good. And, you know, I know we went over a little bit, so I apologize for no that. No worries. I'm I, having I, a blast. <laughs> I just I, uh, I just have uh, one more question in terms of how can people connect with you or maybe um, a project or a book that you're, you, you would want people to check out if you could uh, spend some time on that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, any, you know, people can email me at my, um, through my blog at, and I, my email is Ernie, E-R-N-I-E at ErnestDempsey.net and the Ernest is E-R-N-E-S-T, Dempsey is D-E-M-P-S-E-Y and, um, yeah, so, it, or you could just go to my blog at ErnestDempsey.net, you can find me on Twitter there's another guy out there who uh, uses the pen name Ernest Dempsey. He's actually from Pakistan, and that's <laughs> kind of a random and strange fact, but um, it's actually on my birth certificate, Ernest Dempsey. So, um, yeah, that, that is uh, the best way to contact me through any of those avenues, and I I'll always answer everything personally, and I try to do it pretty quickly unless, um, you know, something comes up. But, I yeah, I, I usually answer everything uh, pretty fast and if there was a specific project that I would want people to check out it would be my book Chasing Comets it's um, it's different than anything I've ever written I released it in the end of January and it's um, it's kind of a modern day parable that um, a lot of people seem to it seems to have been helping a lot of people out and I, I said earlier I don't read reviews. I've actually read every review on that one because there's only, I think, 12 reviews on there right now. And, um, you know, I'm hearing things like this book has changed my life or I'm going to share this with a friend or like it's when you hear stuff like that, that's that's really cool. And um, so, yeah. 
Well, Ernie, um, I really, really appreciate you taking the time, and I hope we can do this maybe a year from now or sometime in 2015 when you know you you reach your goal of, of publishing those other books that you talked about. And meanwhile, everybody, check out Chasing Comets by Ernest Dempsey. And uh, thank you very much, and let's stay in touch. Thanks, George. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you.